Mental Organized Holistically. My name is Dana L'Oreal Morales and I am your holistic process strategist. I help entrepreneurs and professionals to develop, implement, and streamline processes in both your business and your personal lives so that you can have better work-life balance and integration. Today, guys, we are all in the holistic bucket because we are talking about freezer cooking and meal planning and how they can help to organize your life. So as you guys know, I am all about planning your week and month out to make your life easier. Even in those times when life gets in the way, it's always nice to have a high level plan that you can fall back on. Guys, it may change, but at least you have a tentative guide to go by. And that is why I always recommend that you have some sort of plan. Now, I don't believe in meal planning where you have the same thing every night. You know, spaghetti is on Mondays and chickens on Tuesdays. Uh, That's just not me. I know some people live by that rule and they, and that just makes it easier for them. And I say, if that is easier for you, then do you. That just didn't work for me or my family. And as I always say, your plan is uniquely yours. So you don't have to do the same thing everyone else does. Do what works for you and your family and you will be just fine. So instead of meal planning for the week, I found that freezer meals were the better route for us. Okay. I now recommend it to those who want an alternative to traditional meal planning. The reason I recommend freezer meals for those of you who are stressed out or overwhelmed is because it helps to save you time and money and keeps you from getting bored with what you're eating. It takes the guesswork out of food preparation when life is just too hectic. It keeps you from eating out every day as well. So taking two hours on a weekend sets you up for success. And guys, it's really easy too. I also recommend getting your family involved, making this a family event, because first of all, everybody eats. So why doesn't everybody help in the preparation process? It will be fun because you all will have some together time, but it was also going to allow you to get a job done in the process. Now, when I recommend to people that they should make freezer meals to help (laughs) with their organizational journey, I usually get some excuses, right? And it's usually the same excuses. It's too much work or I'm single. So, you know, it's, it's cheaper for me to just eat out or it's just me and my spouse. You know, I, we don't need all that food. It doesn't matter how many people there are in your family or in your household, freezer cooking can really help you. You just have to do it on a less frequent or smaller scale, guys. Just adapt it to your particular situation. You are going to be amazed at just how easy all of this is really going to be. As I mentioned earlier, I don't freezer cook constantly, guys. I do not. In fact, I started out just using the recipe that I had and just building it in a way that allowed me to freeze the excess, right? Now I double up on a recipe that I'm already cooking. So my recipe for lasagna, for example, serves four to six people. So when I first started freezer cooking, I would build it, um, in multiple containers. So I would build one that would serve say four people. And then I would build Uh, individual serving sizes for the rest. And so what that allowed me to do is put the excess or the smaller serving containers in the freezer so that I could pull them out at other times. 
And so what this did is it yielded us a couple of extra little lasagnas, little small meals for my husband and I, but it also didn't create any additional mess um, and didn't require me to do any additional work. It just allowed me to, to get what we needed for the meal that night and then plan ahead for future meals. One of the benefits and ultimately the beauty of freezer cooking is that your meal can last anywhere from one to three months in the freezer. And for some things it could be even longer. It's depending on what the item is and how you package it, right? So ultimately it saves you time during the week and it saves you money because you're buying things in bulk or you're, you're being a little more intentional when you're buying things. And so for example, instead of buying a small package of chicken for the meal that I'm having tonight, maybe I buy a family pack of chicken and, um, go ahead and prep things for the meal later. And we'll talk about that later on, um, in this episode. But ultimately, it allows you to save time. It allows others in the family to help with food preparation and cooking. And it just is fun when you're getting together and everybody's participating. It can be a lot of fun. And ultimately, let's be real about it. Who can't turn on the oven and pop in a pan or turn on the crock pot and dump in a bag of ingredients, right? That you've already prepped ahead of time. These are the things that you're going to be able to do when you start incorporating freezer cooking into your, your, um, your, your toolbox, right? Cause you know, we talk about the toolbox, the, the toolbox is important. And if you have these tools available to you, you, and you begin to use them, it is going to really change your life and allow you to be a little bit more organized and, and regain some time in your life. So now that I've shared with you the benefits of freezer cooking, I hope this has encouraged you to think about it in a new way, to think about how freezer cooking can fit into your life to ease your stress and overwhelm. So now what I want to do is I want to talk about the actual process that you are going to want to use. So my most common freezer meals that I use are soups and pasta dishes. Now for our club keto people, I know you're like pasta, what the world? Well, those, when I first started my process, these were my main freezer cooking dishes. Now I have shifted that. So instead of pasta, a lot of my dishes have cauliflower. So the key thing I definitely want you to get from this is that you want to adapt whatever recipe to whatever your lifestyle is. So although the examples I'm going to give you today are regarding soups and pasta dishes and things like that, I want you to just adapt it. Don't focus on the actual food I'm talking about, but focus on the process. Okay. All right. So the reason why I started with soups and pasta dishes is because it was the easiest thing to cook and it was the cheapest thing to make, um, in bulk. Right. So that is why I kind of started with that as my, uh, beginner freezer cooking, um, recipes. All right. So one thing that I want to talk about is your storage of your freezer meals. And I know we're talking about it before we really get into the nitty gritty of your actual meals. But the reason why I want to talk about this now is because it's going to help you when it comes to actually cooking and getting your, you know, building your meals. Okay. So when you think about storage, you need to think about how you eat the food, right? So I'm putting this in the freezer to eat later. Am I going to pull the things out for individual serving? So for example, if you're single, you are not going to put 
a full um, lasagna in the freezer, right? You want to break it up into serving sizes. If you're making soups, you don't want to freeze all of the soup in one big batch. You want to freeze it in the serving sizes. So for me, we're a family of three, um, two adults and one child. So I'm, when we freeze our, when we freeze our soups, we freeze it in a container that holds about four to five servings, depending on who's eating it and what size serving you're having. So for us, it makes sense because when we thaw that soup out, um, we can each have, so basically we can have dinner, right? As a family, all eating the same thing. And then it leaves one to two servings in addition to our meal so that we can have leftovers for lunch, right? And so you gotta think ahead. Don't just think about the meal you're having, but are you planning to have lunch? Are you planning to have any leftovers? Are you planning to have um, an additional serving available just in case? So this all is important when you're thinking about how you're gonna store whatever it is you're gonna store. Again, we're gonna get really granular in this later, but the three, there are three different ways of storing things that I use. So I just want to share those with you. And of course, as always, if you have additional ways, please share them with us in the comments because it's going to help somebody else who is going through this journey as well. So the number one thing that I use specifically for soups is Ziploc twist and lock containers um, from Walmart. I'm sure they sell them in multiple places, but that's just where I get mine. There are links provided in the um, transcript of this um, episode, but I use those for the soups. I use, and they're inexpensive guys, okay? Um, I also use um, gallon size plastic bags, so Ziploc or Gladware, whatever brand, um, but typically we get the gallon size Ziploc freezer bags. Um, anytime that you're using these specifically, if you're storing soups. So, um, if you're going to store soups in a Ziploc bag, my recommendation is to put enough soup in there for your serving size. You don't necessarily need to fill it up, but think about how much soup does each ser do you use for each serving? So if each serving is a cup of soup, then you put three cups in the bag. Or, you know, if you've got three people in your family, like we do, you put three cups in the bag. And for me, I would probably put four cups in the bag just to have a little bit extra. And then I would zip it up, make sure all the air, as much air as possible is out of the bag. And then I would lay the bag flat and put it in the freezer to flash freeze it. So the reason why I'm laying it flat is so that when, once it freezes, I can stand it up in the freezer and kind of file it away. Um, and it takes up less space. Okay. So that's just a tip and a trick that I've learned over time. So if you don't want the Ziploc twist and lock containers because they take up too much space and maybe you don't have enough space to be storing a whole bunch of these containers, then use the freezer bags, lay them flat, let them freeze and stand them up on end. Um, another tool for storage purposes that we have in our arsenal is a food saver vacuum sealing system. Now, this is something that I put on our, on our registry when we got married. Hello, all those people about to get married, all these brides, all these, you know, listen, 
this is an item you need to put on your registry. And if you are already married, this is something you need to save up for. You need to ask for because it is a lifesaver. Okay. I have had all the different brands where you, you know, handheld items, the cheaper versions. And every single time I go back to the food saver, um, it costs a little bit more upfront, but ultimately it has saved us thousands of dollars over the, the life of our, our marriage right now. Okay. Um, what this allows you to do is really seals the food up really well so that you don't get freezer burn and that things store better in the freezer. So again, you do you, but those are three different options you can use. And of course you can use glass. The main thing with storing things in glass is, um, that you need to make sure that, it is tempered when you, before you put in the oven. So you want to make sure that it is room temperature, um, and that you aren't do, making drastic temperature changes with it, or it can make the glass shatter. So we prefer not to use glass when we're freezer, putting things in the freezer just because of that situation. Um, and I have heard the stories of things shattering in the oven and it's dangerous, right? So you don't want to do that. Um, another storage option that we use a lot of are aluminum tins. And again, I will put the link down below. Um, the only thing you have to be cognizant of when you're using those is putting those from the freezer to the microwave, right? You can't put those pans in the microwave. So there is a, a process, a way of storing in those containers, but shifting that storage process when it comes time to warm it up, if you're using the microwave, if you're taking those aluminum pans and putting them in the oven, it's not a big deal. And that's how we typically use them. But I understand that there are times when you need to do something else. So I'm going to talk about that later on in this episode. All right, let's talk about how you decide what to make. Like I said, I use, I freeze lots of soups. I freeze lots of pastas. Um, but the way that I choose what I'm going to make is based on the ingredients that are in the recipes. Okay. If I'm doing a true freezer cooking day, meaning that I am just cooking up some stuff for the purpose of freezing it, um, specifically, right. Then I am going to look at the recipes that I am using or that I'm choosing to cook. And I'm going to make sure that they have similar or the same ingredients, right? So when I'm making soups, I usually decide, um, based on the fact that the soups have some of the same ingredients, you know, most soups have, um, onions and celery and carrots. Um, and so I'm going to make sure that I can prep that all at the same time. If I am cooking one meal and I'm just doubling up on the recipe, then I'm just cook. I'm just buying double ingredients, right? So that's going to help you decide what are you going to make and how are you going to make it? That's kind of how we make those decisions as it pertains to what we are going to put in the freezer. So one thing that I discovered during my freezer cooking journey is that first of all, I've already talked about involving your family. That is going to be huge for saving you time and just for having a good time with your family while you're doing something that everybody needs to do. Um, but pre prep work, say that three times, um, makes the process for you go so much easier, especially if you're doing this by yourself or you don't have another adult helping you with 
the process. Okay. Because sometimes, especially if you're cooking more than one dish, the, just the prep work of chopping all the vegetables and cooking all the meats can feel a little daunting. And so maybe by the time you finish that, you're kind of tired. So you can do that in two sessions. You can do that one day. And then the next day you actually cook the item. Um, or you can just designate the day, get you a helper, right? And that helper could be chopping all the vegetables and stuff while you're browning the meat. And then you come together to put it all together. So for me, my husband is a beast at chopping stuff up, right? So he is much better at that. And so I will say, Hey babe, I'm planning on making this, this, and this, can you chop up these vegetables for me? So that's knocked out and I can just go ahead and brown the meat. Right. And so then we're doing that a lot faster and we're spending time talking and, and kicking it in the kitchen. Now, my daughter, um, at the time that I really got into a lot of freezer cooking, specifically with the soups that I've, um, discovered over time, uh, she was four and a half when we first started that process. And so she was really excited and wanted to help. And for a lot of us, it's like, Oh, it's going to take me twice as long to do what I've got to do if you're helping me. Right. But you can still incorporate them into the process. So what she did is once we chop, you know, once my husband chopped up the vegetables, I would measure out the vegetables into a bowl, um, as far as how many we needed, or I put it just in the measuring cup and she would pour it into the pot. And so she felt like she was part of the process and she really wasn't doing anything, but putting the food in the pot, but it was part of a family environment, right? Made us feel like we were one. It was like, you heard the birds chirping. Okay. Yeah. No. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Um, so that is kind of, those are a couple of hints that, that I would give you as far as prepping for your freezer cooking session and deciding what to make, make sure that you have, um, if you're cooking something, try to cook things that have like ingredients, um, that's going to help you buy things in bulk. So you can buy chicken, um, the family size pack of chicken instead of the small single size pack of chicken. Maybe you go to, um, Sam's or Costco and you buy the bigger, um, package of whatever it is instead of buying the smaller one. Now let's talk about, um, eating and prepping for the freezer, right? We've talked about the containers and the storage that you need for that. Now let's talk about the freezer labels. Guys, (laughs) I kid you not, this will make or break your experience. Okay. Make or break your experience. So one thing that I say is an absolute must, whether you have the official box of freezer labels, or if you just use a piece of tape, and write on it with a Sharpie. You need to put the name of whatever it is that you've got in the freezer and you need to put a date on it, period. Like at the minimum, you need to have that on every single thing you put in the freezer, okay? Go a step further. If you're putting it in one of the aluminum containers, you wanna make sure that you um, are putting the warm up or the, the cooking instructions on that container right? So again, if you're not using the aluminum containers and you don't have that prepackaged surface to write on, get a piece of tape, get something or write it on the, on the Ziploc bag, write the instructions down. So everybody knows how to warm it up. 
Um, you can also just have a book in your kitchen that has the instructions and everybody knows where that book is. Okay. You need to make sure you have this. It will come back to haunt you if you don't. I'm trying to warn you now <laughs> that these are things that you can do that are going to help your process. Okay. Now I want to talk about breaking down your recipe. I talked about it a little bit already, but I want to really break this down. So when I cook lasagna, I prep the sauce basically as the recipe says. The recipe for the lasagna, it makes enough for roughly four to eight people. So when my husband and I were just the two of us, I would build one that serves four, but the rest of that recipe, the other four servings of that recipe, I would build in small aluminum pans, okay? You're doing the exact same process, you're just doing it in a broken out way, okay? And the reason why you're doing this is because I can take out that one pan that has two serving sizes in it, warm that up, build a salad right on the side and there's our dinner for the night. I had no effort that day other than building a salad that took me what, five minutes to do. Um, and you have your meal, a very nice meal, um, already prepared. So this is one of those things that you can adjust to your lifestyle. The size of the pan is up to you. You know, maybe you have a family of four, then you can get two of the larger pans that can see or can fit a serving size of four. Now I'm going to tell you this, we overeat so much that your idea of what a serving size is, is probably a lot bigger than what an actual serving size is. So this is going to help you really start to have um, portion control in your household because you're not going to be eating what you're not going to cook more than you need to eat in that serving. Okay. So it's just going to allow you to have better control. Um, something else that you need to think about when you're breaking your recipes down is don't necessarily break it down for the individual serving, but think, am I just going to eat this tonight or do I need it for tonight and leftovers tomorrow? Do I want to add an extra serving to my serving size just in case we have a guest or just in case we're extra hungry that day, or we want to have just a little bit more for all of us, right? So you think through that part of the equation because um, that's going to make a difference in how you store your stuff in the freezer and what size containers that you want and need to use. And so I talked about the the labels on um, the aluminum pan specifically. Uh, the lid for the aluminum pans that I use, which again I've put in the transcript of this episode. They have pay it's like paper on one side and um aluminum foil or some kind of aluminum material on the other side. So you put that face down with the aluminum facing your food and the paper on, on the top. And so that gives you a surface where you can write the cooking instructions, the name of what's in the pan and the date. It is vitally important. I'm going to repeat this because I know I said it earlier, but it is just that important that you want to make sure every single thing has the name and a date at the least, but writing the instructions on how to warm it up, especially um, in the beginning is going to be very important. Okay. So that you don't have to find the recipe every single time. You literally can just pull it out, see the instructions and put it in the oven. If you have teenagers, this is huge because you can call and say, when you get home from school, I want you to pull this out of the freezer or get this out of the refrigerator and follow the instructions on it to warm it up. How easy is that? Okay. 
Set yourself up for success, guys. So I've given you the tips throughout the tools throughout this episode, but let me just summarize and kind of give you the needs versus the wants versus the must haves. Okay. So deep freezer or stand up freezer, this is going to be very beneficial to you if you can afford it. For beginners, just use your freezer that comes with your refrigerator, okay? Just start there until you get the hang of it and you see that you need more space. At that time, you can choose between getting a traditional deep freezer, it's just a cube that's really, the inside is hollow and that's where your food goes, right? So there are different sizes of deep freezers. Um, If you're single or if you don't have the space, get the small one, but we got a medium sized one when we first started out. Well, now they have the freezer stand-up freezers, which looks like a refrigerator, but it's an entire freezer. And I want one of those. So eventually we will graduate up to that. And the benefit of having that instead of an actual deep freezer is that you don't have to, your food doesn't get hidden. Um, a deep freezer, unless you organize it properly, your food can get hidden down uh, under other food. So the stand-up freezer allows you to situate it and see everything a little more easily. Okay. Um, and then it also has a lot more room when it comes to flash freezing things. If you need to do that, you'll have kind of the shelf and things where you can do that a little easier. Another tool is a crock pot. If you get a crock pot, if you don't have one and you need to purchase one, make sure you get one with a timer and the timer should be able to turn on or shut off and it would be helpful for it to also have a warming setting so it stays at a safe temperature. Um, A food saver, talked about that already, but again, this is a vital tool. It's not a required tool, but it is definitely a like to have and a recommended tool for you to have as you get further into your um, freezer cooking journey. All right, we've talked about the aluminum pans or I would like to say freezer to oven safe containers. Again, if you're using glass, make sure that you, uh, you're just gonna have to adjust your process. You need to make sure that you take it from the freezer to the refrigerator or to the countertop to allow it to thaw and allow the the glass to get room temperature before you put it in the oven because that temperature shift would be too much and could cause the glass to shatter. Um, So I use the aluminum pans a lot for um, casserole type dishes. Um, Ziploc or Gladware containers with a screw lid is something that I use for my soups. Again, this is a space thing. If you don't have the space for it or don't have a preference for having those large containers, then just use freezer bags, okay? The Ziploc or Gladware freezer bags or any brand freezer bag, just make sure it is a freezer bag and not just a regular Ziploc bag. Those are a little bit more insulated as a freezer bag. So it will protect your food longer. Okay. Freezer labels or tape, whichever one you prefer. Freezer labels, um, are just pre, um, they're just labels that already have some information on it and you're just filling it out. Tape will work just the same mask and tape or some type of tape that can survive in the freezer. I use the label, so I can't tell you what tape to use, but I would think mask and tape would be okay. 
um, a Sharpie. I find that Sharpies work better than regular pens because the ink does not fade. Okay. Um, just look for a Sharpie. If you don't have Sharpies already at home, look for a Sharpie that has a thinner tip so that you can write more clearly on whatever it is that you're writing on. Um, Saran wrap. This was the tip I was talking about. So let's say that you're using the aluminum pans, but you know that you're prepping something for someone that may just want to pop it in the microwave versus putting it in the oven. Then I would suggest putting the saran wrap in the bottom part of the pan and then building your lasagna or your casserole, whatever it is you're making and then close the saran wrap up and then put the lid on the pan. And the reason why I suggest you do that is so that if someone is wanting to just pop this out of the freezer and put it in the microwave, they could literally just pick up the plastic wrap and put it on a plate. That way it'll come out of the aluminum, the aluminum tin a lot easier. And then aluminum foil. So a lot of times, for example, um, when freezing cake, I put it on a piece of saran wrap first, wrap that up, and then I close it in with a piece of aluminum foil and put it in the refrigerator, or you could put it in a saran wrap and I mean, yeah, the saran wrap and put it in a Ziploc bag so that they're all together, but they're individually wrapped. Um, that's why I use, I have saran wrap and aluminum foil on the list because, um, they can both be used. Okay. There are a couple of other tools. Uh, they have a bag holder on Amazon that you can use. They have them in some stores. Um, and that's a, a give or take. You can use it or you cannot use it. It's kind of a per personal preference. If you don't have one of those, you can literally just put your Ziploc bag in a, um, in a glass or in a, um, measuring cup and fold the tops of your bag down over the side so that your, whatever you're putting is in it doesn't get on the bag itself and then fill it. And then once it's substantial enough, then you can take it out and continue to fill it and zip it up after you remove the air. So this is it. This has been a long episode, but I hope that you found uh, the information helpful and that you try out freezer cooking in your journey. I think that you will really enjoy it. I think that you will find it is helpful. It doesn't matter if you go big with freezer cooking or if you just are an occasional freezer cooker. I think that it is going to change um, your life from a standpoint of finding time that you didn't have before. Okay. And then let's have a conversation about it in the circle. I would love to hear about what your experience is, what you're trying, what you, you know, how much time you saved. Um, I'd love to have a conversation about it. And then we can talk about all the different things that you can freeze. I think that that would be a great conversation as well. Now, you know what I always say, I want you to definitely stay organized and I want you to do something today that will help to fill your happiness bucket. I hope you guys have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.